Hi, this is Carrie Brownstein. This is DJ Premier. This is Darren Aronofsky. You got the Rizzo right here. Rose McGowan. Right here. Aisha Tyler. A tribe Called Quest. Fred Armisen. Prince Paul. Javier Munoz, Seth Meyers. Frankie Cosmos. Flying Lotus. Hi, we're Haim, and you're listening to the Talk House Podcast. Ow! What's up? What is up? I'm Elia Einhorn. Welcome back to the Talk House Podcast. Today I'm joined by... Mick Dawson, Editor-in-Chief of Talk House Film. I love how... You start with such energy, and I'm always just like, hi, it's me, <laughs> it's me, I'm here also. I just bring you on to let the air out I'm of the my bassist, thinking, you you're know? the lead singer, This is uh, <laughs> these are our designated roles in life, but I accept it, I'm just happy that I have somebody who's going to raise me up. Well, I am very happy that we are celebrating the seventh and final season of Veep out on March 31st with this fantastic conversation between two Veep stars, Nick. You could say two Veep VIPs. Ooh. Timothy Simons and Brian Husky. Yeah. These buds sat down for a little conversation last fall, and we have it ready to roll now that, as you say, the seventh and final season of Veep is about to hit screens March 31st. Now, Timothy Simons is, of course, best known for his role as Jonah Ryan on Veep, but he's also been a part of some amazing movies. We're talking about The Interview which I just watched on the plane the other day, Nick. I loved the moment when I saw the interview and for like a week, it was not going to come out and I was going to be one of like the 200 journalists who had seen it and it was going to become this legendary thing. It was never going to come out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, it did come out and Timothy was in it. (laughs) He was still in it. He was still in it. He's also been in Christine and of course in the Melissa McCarthy movie, The Boss. A little underrated, that movie. Amen. And and he is one of the many, one of the pantheon, one of the... Do we need a drum roll here? (laughs) He is one of the multitude of stars in my favorite sick day movie and one of the great films of our time, Draft Day. You know, starring Kevin Costner and Frank Langella and Ellen Burstyn and all of the greats. Now, Brian Husky, of course, plays political reporter Leon West on Veep. He's a troublemaker, that guy. He really (laughs) is. And I think Brian Husky is... In real life, as we get to hear in this episode, he's kind of like a fun troublemaker. We've also seen Brian on Adult Swim's Children's Hospital, where he plays Chet. And he's had notable roles in Another Period and People of Earth with Riot Sinak, which sadly just finished. A nice little bit of information. He also went to the same school as our publisher, Ian Wheeler in North Carolina. And he also used to be roommates with Rob Corddry. Boom! Who we did a, a podcast with, with like Bell. Everything is connected, Elia. <laughs> the universe. It's all It's connected. all dark matter. <laughs> now, Nick, Timothy and Brian get into a lot. We, of course, hear about Veep, and uh, they are very excited about this season. And rightly so. It's been a couple years in the making, and it, it's always exciting when a great show comes to like a very well-thought-out conclusion. We're looking at you, Seinfeld. We're still waiting for it. Or maybe we got it on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. I think we did. Yeah, I think so. The guys also get into the pluses and minuses of social media. Indeed. I mean, they make an effort to find some positives in there. It's uh, sometimes tough. It was fun hearing them on getting sincere in their middle ages. I feel the same thing happening to me. But I, I try and remain as subversive as I can, despite that. We also hear about what happened when Tim went to a Pitbull show designed by Tony Robbins at a celebrity golf tournament. We could have a little bingo game of like what celebrities get up to. Golf? Hanging out with Pitbull, <laughs> something related to Tony Robbins. I mean, it's the, the perfect storm of celebrity activity. I once slept a night in Tony Robbins' recently vacated Four Seasons suite at South <laughs> by Southwest, Nick. Am I a celebrity? 
Has your life been immeasurably changed since then? Has a force been coursing through you that you didn't realize you had in you before? No. Or was that just that bad, but I had a good sh- bad night's shrimp sleep. that you had that night? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did have a good night's sleep. That's good to hear. Speaking of a good night's sleep, I certainly enjoyed Husky's mattress pitch on this podcast. Everybody wants a good mattress. <laughs> and, uh, and I feel like it's become one of those things that podcasts are the home of the mattress pitch. And why would we want to miss out on that? Why would Brian Husky want to miss out on that? He needs a new bed. They're not just all about mattresses. They also wildly pitch to get a bunch of free shit from medical companies, including a, a, a rather unfortunate digression into what they might be doing in a FEMA tent. We hear about fighting in a Gelson's. That's a pretty normal thing to do. <laughs> I think if you're unfortunate enough to be in a Gelson's, fighting is pretty much the best thing you can do. And we get to hear which actor Tim Simons is always mistaken for. Hilariously, while I was writing up these notes, I, uh, I transposed their names Ooh. because it's that powerful. Some Freudian shit, baby. Very, very true. Should we dive into this comedy cauldron, Elliot Einhorn? Let's roll the tape. I have a suggestion. All right. And I wanted to wait until we were rolling to make this suggestion. So uh, so, so it's being documented whether I make the right choice or the wrong choice. Well, just your choice will be documented. I don't want to say right or wrong going into it because I don't know what there is. This is journalism. This is, I am not cool with this out of the gate. This is going very badly. This is like, we just nose this plane <laughs> this straight like, into the ground. This is like the worst. This is like a Trump, a uh, Democrat blind date yeah. in the first course. You know what? I was actually having that conversation the other day with somebody about, um, oh my God, uh, the guy who, who Bill Hader does the amazing impression of him. I was like... Now the why doesn't matter, but I'm friends oh, with some. Uh, yes, the the bald, uh, the bald guy, James Carville. James Carville. Yes. About how like I don't think you could have like the romance of the sort of like Republican Democratic operative anymore. No. no, it would just you would have incredible sex. Yeah, you would have crazy hate filled sex, which is can be good. Which can be good. A version of it. I'm not. I'm not a proponent. Yeah, I'm just saying that I've heard that that is you know. The people yeah, are, I've like, heard that the that feel can be for great. the fire. You know. Anyway, I think okay. this is actually related. Yeah. So I we did this last Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. I emailed everybody before because we host Thanksgiving every year, friends, because we stay mm-hmm. in town. Right. And friends that stay in town, we, we host them. And I sent an email out to everybody. And I tried to be very, um, I tried to be very open about it in the way that was like, if anybody needs to discuss anything, I'm 100% okay with that. Mm-hmm. But I just proposed because we are most, we are, we are, I'm assuming we are like-minded right. in this. We all know that Donald Trump sucks. What if we just don't talk about it tomorrow? Right. What if we just don't, because like we all, it, and I, because I, I feel like at some point you bring it up and then it just spirals. It's like a, almost a fun thing to talk about, like, like itching poison ivy. So are you proposing not to talk about I'm that? I'm proposing we maybe- we only talk about it? No, I'm proposing maybe we just don't talk about it and that we oh, are, right, yeah. and that we are lo- I'm assuming like-minded about a lot mm-hmm. of stuff relating to him. And I'm not necessarily we can like X out politics altogether, right. but maybe just Trump specifically. That's fine. I mean, okay. I, the one thing I will say about it is there, I've found myself in- uh, now there are periods of time where I'm like, oh, I'm in a Trump-free zone in my life where I don't check the news. I don't, I hear stuff. I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, bummer. And then there are times it just becomes too much. Yeah. And, and right now I'm like, eh, all right, it's, it is happening. 
Yeah. Are you which which one are you in right I'm now? I'm in a I'm in a like I'm I'm in my protective bubble, okay. which is fine. So yeah, yeah, totally yeah. Cool. it's important every once in a while. I had yeah. to I stopped. I made Tony Hale change my Twitter password mm-hmm. so that I couldn't log on mm-hmm. because and I I did that not to pretend that the world outside wasn't happening. Like I still was receiving news. I yeah. still was getting information on a hourly basis about what was happening in the world. Right. But just like the nonstop sluice of shit, yeah, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't, like mental health wise, I was like, I, I need to take a break from this. I early on just, just the, the, the shit sluice of Twitter <laughs> was such an early like affect on me. I was like, from the beginning, I was like, oh man, this is just, this is just society becoming unhinged. Yeah, you know, I actually heard. Um, and this is one of those factoids. I'm like, oh, someone mentioned this based on an article that someone else told them about. So it probably is not true. <laughs> so this is not true. It's not true at all. But I hope so. Uh, <laughs> but it was a developer at Apple who um, he's one of the, I guess it's like a digital sociologist. Like he he deals in sort of like the the cause and effect of, of uh, digital, you know, integration in our, into our life and stuff. And he's like, I really think within six to eight years, the social media wave will die out. Oh, God. And people would be like, you know what? That was a crazy time where we just held a mirror up to our face and and just hoped other people were looking at us while we're looking at ourselves. You know, it's crazy. I really fucking hope so. There is something, I've talked with Walsh about this before, the idea that like, I feel like if you're our age and before, and oh, and I don't want to be like one of those guys our age, Um, Matt Walsh, uh, uh, UCB founder, UCB four. Uh, yeah, UCB. Uh, he was one of my teachers. I, I'm part of the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. Tim Simons is also on Veep. I do small parts on Veep. Uh, he's in Veep. Just catching guys up. Just catching you guys yeah. up. Uh, I don't want to be like the guy that's like all social media is garbage. Has been such a like. There have been amazing things that have happened because right. of it. Like I have learned a lot about and and like seen a bunch of different perspectives that I would have mm-hmm. never seen before and I am actually very thankful for some of them and also I can't wait for it to go away. But I, I wonder if, I've talked about this before, that like when I, so I grew up in Maine and basically as soon as I was born, I was like, I'm gonna be leaving here. I'm going away from this. <laughs> yeah. It's a wonderful place to grow up. Most of my family's still there and I love going back, but I am also glad that I don't live there, but also- Because it's, it's super isolated or just sort of, not uh, isolated, but it's kind of the same thing yeah. over and over again. I wanted things, I wanted stores to stay open later. I yeah. wanted there to be more people around. I was attracted to the idea of cities and larger, yeah, yeah. like larger, like physically larger groups of people. Mm-hmm. that. Um, and also it was like, you know, I was like, I was just like one of those people like, oh, this is boring. Like mm-hmm. I was one of those people that, but also it was very hard for me to find like-minded people yes. there. Yeah. And I'm, I wonder if, I feel like it, when we were growing up, there was this thing of like, if you wanted to do X, Y, Z, if you wanted to find a community of people that yeah. are into the same thing that you are into, which usually was some sort of counterculture idea. Right it would involve having to go to a city. It was like, well, if you want to do that, you have to go to a city. Yeah. And now social media and all of that, I wonder if like that thing of, like I wonder if like it, Tim Simons that gets born in Maine now is like, oh, I just get to live here well, and also find my community. Right, which is a good and bad thing. Which it, is a good it and bad thing. It can kind of lead to like, yeah, I found my tribe and I'm just going to stay here in my house yeah. and I'll, yeah. I'll connect with my tribe on, you know, online and that's it. 
I, w- I was I dated someone for a while who was younger than me, and she would qualify people as like, oh, that's my my online friend, and then that's my real life friend. Um, and I was like, you realize that sounds crazy? She's like, I d- I do I do. Yeah. And she's like, I, it's not like I have a lot of all online friends, but she was she was I was struck by how many people I would just get in conversations with on Instagram or whatever, and then it would be like, oh, you're you seem cool, and then. It would be a big move to be like, do you want to see, let's have coffee. Sure. And 3D version of you? Okay. And then you actually hear their voice and not the voice that you're putting on what they wrote. And like, what if the comedy rhythms of like, that's something that I've noticed. It's like a different, it's like, it's like the inversion of like seeing a DJ. When you see a DJ, they're usually severely overweight in a Hawaiian shirt, but they have this amazing voice that makes them see like, oh my God, he's got so much lush hair and stuff. You're like, oh my God, you're a troglodyte. What the fuck? Uh, yeah, it's like a whole different kind of like, oh, yeah, because you can, the, that version you can put out there can be very, as with all things online, can be very curated. And then yeah. when you sort of see them. I know, I know I also say that, but then great. also like, I, I criticize that, but then also like, I'm not putting any fucking bad shit out there. Like I'm, yeah. I'm trying to fucking, this isn't trying to cheer myself up. Yeah. I'm losing interest in it. I mean, the only thing I like doing is Instagram, and that just goes in like little bouts of like how much I, yeah, I feel like taking pictures or react to something. And also, like for me, I don't. I, I've I've met a lot of people that have the same trouble with Instagram that I had with Twitter, and that they were like, it's a black hole. And also, and I feel like maybe I've heard this from like other like professional photographers that can have the same thing of like the same kind of maybe Twitter jealousy that Mm -hmm. like actors or comedians can get into for them. It's like, oh, fuck, this other person got this job and I fucking suck at this. And so there are bad feelings connected to it. But for me, it is just like pretty pictures and and golf videos. That's what I'm here for. And it's great. Like I have no bad feelings toward it. Well, a friend of mine recently is like, I had to get off checking Instagram because he's like, because I'm just seeing how productive and bountiful everyone else's work life and personal life is. And I'm not having that. And I'm like, yeah, well, that makes sense. But also it's like, I feel like there is that thing where it's like, you know, one, if five people all have like two productive days. They just all put oh, yeah. them out there. It seems like they're all working every day, but then really it was just no, five people had two productive days and then well, the, that's the, the that, last two weeks of their life was total shit. That's the kind of, that's the other weird thing about uh, being an actor. You know, if you do uh, TV and film, the perception, if someone sees you on TV, even if they watch you like streaming on Netflix or something, it seems like that's, oh my God, they're still... They're still rocking it, you know. Like you're you're working all the time. I was like, well, I did that five years ago. Yeah. But the perception, and I will, you know, sometimes now I'm just like, oh, thanks. And instead of qualifying it, because that's the worst when somebody gives you a compliment. It's like, well, actually, that happened. You know? Right. I have. And then no, you push them over, and like next thing you know, you're like wrestling with them. You're wrestling with them, and it's you're at a Gelson's. Yeah, so and weird. All you want to do is like get a kombucha. Yeah, and, and you now ins- you're in a fight with a stranger. And for whatever reason, you insist on putting your fingers down their throat. Yeah, you don't know why this is happening. It's clearly a domination move, it's and there's so also weird. a risk that they could just bite your fingers off. But yeah, it's worth. But the you're domination. gonna risk it. You're gonna risk it. You're gonna. I'm gonna I would risk it. Yeah. Uh, I always find that like the old actor thing of like the work being the vacation is a hundred percent true because yeah. it's like the one time we don't have to think about how worthlessly we are or how fucking <laughs> bad we are at it. We yeah. just like we get to be there and we get to yeah. do it. Yeah. And or that this like, is the or that last time was the last time it will ever yes. happen. And then that day 
at the end of that day, you're like, well, this is the last well, time it's ever going to happen. The, yeah. Here yeah. comes the long, the, here the comes abyss. The nuclear winter of my own yep. life. Here we go. When did you decide, when did you want to be an actor? Like, was it, was that your sort of like, get the fuck out of Maine plan? No, my get the fuck out of Maine plan was to go to college out, outside of Maine. Uh, but I decided radical. to do that way too late. Uh-huh. And uh, I was a terrible high school student. Didn't really see like the connection oh, yeah, of yeah. being good in, yeah. in high school and then going to college. Well, no, college just, is where you learn. High school, yeah, is, yeah. high school is what you fucking just hope to get <laughs> out you of. Live through. Yeah, yeah. Um, so no, I ended up going to school in Maine, at, like at the University of Maine. Mm. Which ultimately, I was—I mean, no offense to the University of Maine. If anybody, there are like there are essentially five people that live in Maine. The probability of yeah. one of them listening to well, this is very them, low. Yeah, only one of them has internet access. Yeah, so, and like, so okay, if they're all at Dave's house <laughs> listening to this, I'm very sorry for what I'm about to say, especially if you're a UMaine graduate. But I was not excited to go there. Yeah. Was I was not, not excited, like yeah. an in-state. I mean, it was I had the same thing. Exactly it was the, the same thing. It was go, I was going further into the state, like the the northeasternmost <laughs> state landlocked. in the fucking country. I wanted to go toward the rest of the country, right. and I had to go further fucking into. Maine. You're in a basement dorm, so you'll be deeper inside of Maine. Yeah. when you're there on campus. I hope you don't like sunlight <laughs> because there is none. There is none in your room, and there is also <laughs> none for six months out of the year. Uh, I ended up having to go, I, I, or having to go. I went to the University of Maine, and ultimately, I loved it. Right. I, I didn't adjust super well to it, but once I kind of found my footing there, I loved it. And ultimately, it was there that I started. Like, I auditioned for short plays, and then those went well. And I was that just something you were like, oh, that seems cool. I'll try it that. was. Yeah. It honestly was. And like, I had like, I don't know, like in high school, I had like, I played basketball and like they needed people that looked like they could carry a coffin for our town. So they went to the basketball team and it was me and my four <laughs> friends. They like, were, whoever's doing the staging was like, okay, so for the, the funeral scene, we went enormously tall people carrying this baby's coffin. This baby's <laughs> coffin. And so they did. They went out and got the tallest people and it was all me and my friends. And right. they, had, they had to face us away from the audience because we wouldn't stop laughing during the funeral, during Emily's funeral. We start dribbling the coffin and they're like, no, come on. Yeah. We have to roll And like it. ultimately, it's also like the coffin isn't there. Yeah. Like it's all just mimed shit. Yeah. And, and it's all just like a space work coffin. And, but they great. still were like, you got to be big to carry it. And so I had done that. Like, and I had was in, I had gotten a little bit of the bug when I did Fame like the end of my senior year, we mm. did like the musical fame, but yeah. I can't sing. I just liked the group. I liked I liked groups of like-minded people right. and they were a bunch of weirdos and they were, weren't necessarily weirdos like I was, but at least they were, they were weirdos. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I always felt kind of trapped if I wasn't around, you know, people that I could deconstruct things with or, you know, whatever. And so I think that's why... I, comedy spoke to me so much because it yeah. was like taking taking what you see and like yeah but what about this angle what about this version yeah. of it and I'm not a big fan I, I feel like I don't know I like I've always viewed it as a New England thing and I know it's a countrywide thing or really just like an individual mm-hmm. thing but that 
Like I can't ever take anything at face value. Mm. I cannot. Like I, whatever it is, I have to look at whatever it is sideways in some right. way to be like, all right, what is actually what's actually going on here? What's the what's the opposite side of this? And I, should I take the opposite side yeah. just for fun? I'm in. Like I just turned turned fifty, and I I'm lately I've been like, oh man, I'm, the sincerity is really building up in me. Like Christ, it, yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, and I'm sure like children. Totally, children like really does yeah help with sincerity, but it's, even it, accidentally yeah. But it, there are times I, I mean people initiate a bit, and I'm like, oh oh yes, <laughs> humor. All right, what an interesting twist of an idea. <laughs> Just like oh my god, what's happening? <laughs> I went to I played in a celebrity golf tournament this summer, oh. and it was. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. I have very recently, like in the last two years, really gotten into golf. I want to get into golf. Like it's Walsh got really so into it. And much fun. I just have I, I still have white man guilt about it. Oh yeah. I mean it's such well, that a that doesn't like, go away. Yeah. I mean it is the most just like give me a country to play on, you know. Yes. Give me a county that I can just yeah. hit a ball around in. All of this land is now yeah. mine. And stay away. Uh-huh. But I do think that like a sort of like the country club social scene is is going to have to become, like everything, it's going to have to become more inclusive if it, if it wants to survive. Right. And also, like when I play, like I play at like at the Muni courses right. in Los Angeles, which... I, I sort of dig the history of them. Mm-hmm. Number one, that they've been around. Like uh, there is a there is a golf course um, in Griffith Park. There are three in Griffith Park. There are two eighteen hole courses right. and one nine hole course. They're all named after presidents. Wait, Harding was a president, right? Yes. Okay. They're all named after president mm-hmm. Wilson. They're yeah. all named after Harding. They're all named after. <laughs> it's very confusing. It's very confusing. Uh, Babe Ruth found out that he was traded to the New York Yankees on the eighteenth hole of Harding. Uh, the the golf course hurting, which I just I don't know I don't know why I dig that history, but just the fact that it's yeah. been there that long, right, I totally. think is amazing. Well, any kind of LA thing that's like, oh, that happened thirty years ago is is it's like, wow, what a is. rich history yeah, of our so city. If it's, if it's deeper than that, you're like, wow, wow, I can't believe like it's like that must have horse drawn carriages. Yeah. Um, but uh, there is also something nice that like you go out there and you actually really do see a very diverse part. Of Los Angeles that plays there, you have like old retired cops. Mm-hmm. You have retired school teachers. Mostly people are, that do this are old and retired. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there is a large Korean population that plays there, yeah. and so like I and sometimes you have like there is an actual language barrier, mm-hmm. like and you have to kind of figure out jokes and bits and gestures and, and, and <laughs> gestures yeah. of like how it goes, and it like there is something really lovely about that at like six in the morning on a mm-hmm. Thursday, yeah, and also like it, it can be a sort of expensive and exclusive sport. But like a retired person who lives in LA mm-hmm. can play at really good courses yeah. for twenty dollars. If you're cool. a retired person, it's twenty dollars. Yeah. And I like I like that the barrier to it is sort of stripped down in that way. Yeah. But I really do like it. Um I'm I am I follow it way too closely. I really fucking as hard as I got bit by a theater bug in college, I got bit really, by this yeah. bug just as hard. I have worked very hard to try to become good at it. And yeah. I played in like my first celebrity tournament, which was actually televised, although I never oh. made the which is honestly 
perfect. Going into it, I was like, the only way I'm making the telecast is if I do something really good or really bad. And more than likely, I'm going to do something bad. So I shot for mediocre and don't notice me. (laughs) And I think I achieved it. Um, but But even during that, like that thing of like the examination, I couldn't just sincerely enjoy it. And I right. did, there were moments where I like all but of that. Us- but under that kind of, I mean, that's the weird thing about like, if you had just been there and playing and it wasn't filmed, you probably could have sincerely enjoyed it. Or even just if, if there is an audience yeah. involved, it's very hard to just erase that, you yeah. know? Because you're not just, it's not just you, you're like suddenly aware or responsible for or playing to. Like playing, there was at one point, there was a hole where like a thousand people yeah. are watching and like that's, it's a lot, it's yeah. a lot. Yeah. And like the the events that go on around around it, which are very fun. Right. I like, it, this is also a group of people that don't necessarily look to sort of subvert everything that happens in front of them which is mm. like which can be a great trait in people yes. like a sincerity like a just a wholehearted earnest sincerity mm-hmm. is a great trait in people but also while i was there i had to work really hard to find the people who like like we got we got to go to a pitbull show yeah and i feel like i'm okay making the public statement that i don't <laughs> like pitbull okay i don't think i i don't think i should feel forced to like pitbull just because a lot of people do yeah but uh, i really don't and uh, he had like this introduction video, like before he came out. It was like Is this Pitbull, Pitbull Pete. Pitbull Pete. Yeah, I just made that up. Oh, oh, Pitbull Pete. Oh, yeah, no, such a good guy. You oh, know God, him? You're so sincere. You're like a fifty year old man. It's I like, know. God, so I just went straight into it. Like, oh, oh, do you have a friend up there? Oh, oh my God. I. Uh, he has this whole video that plays about how. He has become a glo- like, and like the the words flash in the, oh, the and, and it's like he is a global icon. He is a musician, and like so, uh, every flash of like musician, oh, hold educator. On hold on a second. Yeah, I thought <laughs> I'm gonna back this up. I thought that you were saying that there was some group there that was advocating for pitbull adoption. I went. To a whole different. That not- is the, the most sincere thing that you could ever imagine. <laughs> because my daughter has a pit bull at her mom's house now. Oh, and re- so now I've been like, I guess I love pit bulls too. And you I- have to love pit bulls. No, I'm. But now this, you're talking about the. the I'm talking about the artist, the entertainer, pit bulls. So what was? So oh, did you really I think be, I was just shitting on dogs? I thought you were just be like, I'm. Not, I don't fucking like attack dogs. I'm not into them. Oh, I, no, know I think they're very cute. No, they're they're. No, they're nightmares. No, they're, no, they're great. Actually, it's like the sweetest. It is. It is like the embodiment of sort of like Beauty and the Beast. Of like, oh, you're just trapped inside this horrifying yeah. vessel, but you're the sweetest. You're the sweetest little guy. No, until I love pushed to the limit where you're like made to fight each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, the actual entertainer Pitbull. Oh, you know what? I would not be able to name a single. I think if you heard it, you would be like, oh, it's that song. Right. But you wouldn't enjoy it. It's yeah. not good. No, it's not good. No. But we went to a concert. Of oh. his, we were all everybody that was playing was invited was, to a concert, oh God. and so that's the kind of thing. Like, if I was in that situation, I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, let's go see what this is like." Yeah, and I did, but if you were sitting there and you had to kind of feign like somebody leans over, was like, "Isn't he amazing?" I was, was surrounded happening. by people oh, really? being like, "Wow, can you believe this?" Mm. And there was that part of it like, Super no, bullish tonight. no, I can't. <laughs> but no, he, they, so this introduction video is all about like the things he's an educator right. and he's a musician and he's a world traveler and he's a global brand. Like these Good are at calligraphy. Yes. Like it, excellent with organizational skills. It is all of these things flashing and like it then 
and like I leaned over to somebody trying to make a joke, being like, "This this really feels like a Tony Robbins event." I was like, "Oh, have you been to one of those? They're so good." No, was that the response? <laughs> they. It turns out that Pitbull has been working with Tony Robbins, and wow. Tony Robbins designed that introduction Holy video. Shit. And I searched the entire weekend for people to make fun of that video with, and nobody. I, I would bring it oh, up, and I'm like, "Hey, that. man, can you believe that video?" And they'd be like, "Yeah, what, what do you mean?" Is it the production value was amazing? Uh, yeah, no, the production value <laughs> is amazing. And anyway, just good luck out there. Good I luck love, out on the links. I, I kind of love that situation where you're like sussing out to find the other person. Like, are you going to be sarcastic with me, or yeah. you know, whatever? Uh, yeah. And like the, sometimes you get sometimes, especially and not just in situations like that where you get it. You find somebody who is, and I did mm-hmm. find out. I did find one dude who like very covertly was like, "I'm 100 percent with you." Yeah. Um, it's like you just see like the sense of relief, not only in you feel it in yourself, but you right. also see it in them. Like I, that is a really lovely thing. We were like, oh, both of you were like, oh, thank, oh, thank God. God. That's why uh, Andy Daly, uh, he's an actor and he's doing a part on Veep mm-hmm. this year. He is, his daughter's going to the same school as Isla this year. They started a new school. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so we're doing like an orientation thing. And he and I were standing there kind of doing like under the breath bits because the school is great, but it's also very, they sing a lot of songs and Mm -hmm. they go camping a lot. And there's a lot of sort of like super sincerity, which I totally want for her. And then sometimes I want somebody like, but you know what? Fart jokes. Um, And there's this other dad who I saw slowly kind of like drift over towards us and then join and then (laughs) kind of like watch us do these bits. And then he leaned in and kind of like, chimed in too and it really was just like like a little kid just be like hey hey you like slime too oh, cool. yeah you know yeah. oh cool you like it's cool but he that's was just like, so awesome it was great and then so when we saw each other at this like fundraiser thing he was like uh um what do you say he's like oh hey lack of sincerity dad what's going on i was like hey what's up underminer how are you <laughs> and he felt very i think he seemed very relieved it's like oh thank god you know there are a lot of those schools out but here. But I, I have to say, like, I, I think, you know, being in my little sincere vein, I realized how much I challenged people with, with humor. Like, I had a girlfriend who was like, one point, just like, you can't do this to every single person you meet. Like, in the store, like at the, the checkout, somebody's not ready to do some weird bit about 9-11 with you, yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> They're just gonna think you are horrible. Like, they're, yeah, but they're I'm, not gonna understand like the global context to like you and what brought you to that yeah. point and what brought you to that store to do that bit. They yeah. just woke up and went to work. They really just want to sell you a bag of flowers. So and just honestly, get the fuck out. they don't even want to do that. <laughs> they don't. They don't have any. They don't have any investment with you and yeah. the bag of flour at all. Yeah. They just need to like you hand them something. They wave it over the thingy. Right. And then you are supposed to leave. I've, That's my, their duty. When my friends would come and visit me in New York or you know sometimes here and they hang out with my other improvising friends less so now they were older but early on they would be like oh, your friends are you guys are very funny but you are f- so exhausting yeah. at a certain point i just need i and, and one for one person is like i just i just need a little bit of a 
some foreplay to kind of lead into <laughs> the hard joke fucking that happens. <laughs> Cause I just, he was like, it just was like relentless. I just wanted to say like, Oh, this is a good beer. And that, that turned into some other thing, you know? Yeah. Like, like just it. like an honest thing. Like what kind of apartment do you live in? Yeah. Like what's the architectural? And it's just like, Holy shit. I had 40 minutes of, 40 minutes of fucking deconstruction. And I just, I never even got an answer. Yeah, completely. And it's like, and that going back to that thing of like starting in New York and finding it and just going head deep into it. It was so great and I needed that and stuff, but it is, you do kind of create a bubble, but like my friends visiting, we would take that headspace out into everything. It was, yeah. it was everything. Yeah. And even now, like my buddy came to visit and he was like, I'm hanging with your friends and they're all professional comedians. And um, it got to be really intimidating. And I, and I was like, oh, but didn't people chat with you and stuff? He's like, yeah, yeah. But I had this awareness of like what they do. And so if I made a joke, I became very self-conscious about it. And I was like, no. I don't, yeah. I don't want that to happen. Yeah. You, know, you kind of, you know, it's like hanging out with models. You're like, ooh. My, oh, God. Ooh, my nose is too big. Oh, what can I do? Well, your nose is too big. I know, but. So in that sense. Yeah, but I'm like a 70s model, you know, in that sense of like I'm super skinny, like almost unhealthy. Uh-huh. And some features are kind of, in real life, you see me, you're like, oh, my God, it looks like a cartoon, but the right angle. Oh, perfect. yeah. Giant heads photograph super well. I don't know where I learned no. that, but like if you see a person who looks like their head, like their neck should not support the weight of their head, well, yeah. that person will photograph really well. Yeah, that's why a lot of actors are tiny, little, you know, bobbleheads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just crazy. You see their heads, they're like, oh my god, you're gonna, that's that can't be sustainable when you're older. Like that's just gonna flop forward one night and crack. <laughs> Toby Jones, I, he's, I mean, he's in trouble. That big head. Toby Jones? Yeah. Yeah, he's got a big head. Yeah, he's got a big head. Very talented. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's all in the head. Yeah. It's mainly, it's mainly head acting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like to see him just do some, like, shot of his hands or something. Like, if that can tell a story. I, want, I, think, we, I think if we sniff around, you were going to find out that they used, like, a hand double because he just couldn't Completely. do it. Yeah. No, his hands look like... They look like a farm worker from the 30s. It's disgusting. <laughs> we just started, we just, as a complete offshoot, I can't remember where it came from, but we just started using like a weighted blanket. Oh, yeah? It's supposed to help with anxiety. Oh, like a, like a, like a thunder shirt for a dog? Yes. Apparently yeah. it came from like the idea of thunder shirts. It's now, it's like a thunder shirt for humans. Interesting. I think it's working. It's yeah. less for me and more for my wife, but I think it's working. Well, that's cool. It's very heavy. Is it? It's it, a lo- it's like way heavier than you think it's going to be. You're like, oh, okay, I'm going to buy a blanket. <laughs> like, Whoa. Okay. Yeah. And then you get under it and you're like, I'm actually having a little trouble turning over. Wow. It like takes some effort. Interesting. But I think I recommend it. It really keeps you in one place. I don't, I don't know if I would want to try that. I'm having, I got to get a new bed. Now the podcast is really interesting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're talking about. <laughs> hey, how was uh, listening to that podcast earlier? I was great, I guess. It was mostly just ended up being a husky talking about think, trying to get a new bed. Is he sponsored by Serta? Because he just started talking about the Serta perfect sleeper for a long time. A long time. And I think Simon But it also seemed like, like he didn't own one. <laughs> we <laughs> should do a podcast which is just about fishing for endorsement stuff. Yeah. Just, just about getting free shit. 
like constantly. What a what a bunch of scumbags. <laughs> because if you were like two weeks from now, we're like, hey, do you really want to do that? I'd probably be like, yeah, yeah, let's like, do that. What a fucking scumbag. Just see yeah, how how remote the stuff we could fish for, you know, would be, which is like like medical equipment. Or- <laughs> <laughs> You walk into my house and I'm just like, I have a dialysis machine. I got a defibrillator. It's pretty cool. I got a MRI machine. I got a defibrillator. I got one of those travel defibrillators. I could do heart surgery on you if you want me to. If you need a tracheotomy, like, great. I have like a sanitized environment. That's cool. Like one of those those FEMA tents. Full disclosure, I just go in there and jerk off. It's great. Oh, in the sanitized environment. Yeah, yeah. That's the best place. I mean, because it's clean. Yeah, well, no, not after you jerk off in it, though. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was self-cleaning. No. Oh, God. All right, well, we can oh, cross a Jap- that, that endorsement a Japanese off toilet. the list. I'm sorry. That's I, not happening. I always thought, I thought, okay, it's a Japanese toilet. I got this mixed up. I went to a place last night that had one of those, except it was like, it was like a restaurant that had decided to, I know, it was like almost like a flipped restaurant, like a flipped house. And it would it had been open for like six months and was falling the fuck apart. Oh, yeah, but like yeah. the very crazy Japanese toilet was yeah. in it. So it was it was like somebody that buys like the one really fancy thing and puts it in a house that cannot support it. In New York, they they tested for like four or six like self cleaning toilets in the city, and within a week it was just. Oh. I mean, it's crazy. Cr- <laughs> like I went in and went like, oh wow! It's like somehow it was. I mean, of course it was gonna be worse. Than a public toilet because they were like it cleans itself it's fine, yeah. and people who will use it will respect that. <laughs> like no. no, they found ways to sully it. In did you see the thing in France? And like maybe this is one of those things that's already sort of like burnt out on Twitter, but I just haven't seen it because I haven't been on there. But the, in Paris, I think in France and more specifically in Paris, they had mm. put up public pee stations. Oh yes, to curb public public urination. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I heard about that. But then everybody got, but people got mad because, and I'm not saying, like, don't think, don't, I I want there to be an extrapolation beyond what I'm about to say Mm -hmm. to to apply it to a bunch of other things. You're about to find your tribe, I think. I'm about to find my tribe, and oh God, what if it's a bunch (laughs) of proud boys? Um, that's the only, that's a bad thing about people that, finding tribes. Yeah. Like, like social media is great for everybody finding their tribe, but also all the Nazis oh, got to yeah. talk. There, there are a few, there are a few tribes that should, maybe that like, really shouldn't, some we should be should like, live in the mountains. Yeah. You should actually go live in the mountains. So, uh, but I think people were like this, like there was a gender discrimination aspect of that of like, well, women don't have the access to this. Right. But so they took them away, which just means now that everybody's pissing in the street again. Right. It seemed like it may have worked. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like the perfect solution, but it was a solution. But it's like the thing of like, oh, this. I, I wonder if there's, a, I feel like there is a social learning curve that's happening now in, I mean, we're in, I know we're going to talk about politics and stuff, but we're, it, it, it's sort of, uh, Reactivity, if that's a word. Reactive? Reactive? A reaction? Or or what our reaction to uh, the other side's issue is Mm -hmm. very extreme. Um, If you're sort of like with that, it's like, okay, we're going to try to solve this solution. And the problem is mainly men because they're disgusting. And they will just lift their leg up and piss like a dog. Um, And so the reaction was like, yeah, but what about us? Just having it go away is sort of like not 
letting it bear out. Like there's yeah. a certain things that the, the heat of the moment reaction thing to an issue and stuff doesn't let things kind of be like, yes, I see that point. Let's yeah, give yeah, yeah. this a little bit of time. I don't know all the ins and outs, but it does seem like it's happening. Like, oh, we are going to try to take a step forward on this problem. But the reaction to it is such that you then just get pulled back and they're like, okay, well, we're, we're right back where we were. You knew that the toilets that they'd set up for the men to, to pee into looked like women. Right? You didn't know that? So I think that was, where, <laughs> that was one of the problems. They were like, this doesn't seem fair. I mean, the French. And there were probably, there were probably like a lot of people that were like, that is institutionalized misogyny. There were probably a bunch of dudes being like, I don't see like, it. But we are French. I know we are French. Sexuality is a This is a woman. This is a woman. I am a man. It is what it is. And you're like, there definitely were some dudes that were like, Hmm. Mm. I don't see it. Yeah, I don't see it. What do you just okay? <laughs> run me through it one more time. It's like Which, it's a man pissing into a woman. Mm. And I don't. I really. Can you phrase it differently? It's just good design. I mean, it just it, like isn't that crazy? Like th- this kind of goes back to the searching for the underminer. The the other person has a different perspective. When you encounter someone who has a world perspective or view that is so locked in mm-hmm. because I do believe like everybody is is good you know and if they're not good it's a result of uh, affect or a chemical imbalance or it, you know whatever led them to that place it doesn't mean that can't be erased but when you encounter somebody who is that entrenched in a perspective especially if it's like a threatening one it is so scary and I think that that is uh, for women that's, that's kind of like yeah welcome to our world like fucking yeah. welcome to no, centuries sure. of centuries of, of just that kind of thing. You're like, yeah. yeah, I don't think what you're saying is true or your beliefs are true or any, you know. I will 100% admit, like, it, like we started out uh, dogging social media. Like, mm-hmm. I will 100% admit there were a lot of things that, oh, like, that totally. I have learned, especially about that. It was like, oh, like that things that I would have said, like, oh, no, that's not what that is. That's this other thing. And they're mm-hmm. like, no, it's not that thing. It actually is this other thing. Yeah. And like, the more and more, the more and more you hear it, the more and more you see it, yeah. the more uh, you realize, like, ah, oh, fuck, yeah. I know you're absolutely right. Like, there have been some real, like, some huge. Obviously, some very eye-opening things and some huge yeah. steps forward as far as my own perception of what's been going on that I am very thankful for. Yeah, it's um, a weird like, it, it, but still, the, the, like the the pee thing being shaped like woman. I don't see that. <laughs> to me, that's just creativity. Yeah, that's sort of making like a, a utilitarian thing fun. Yeah. All right, make it like a little kid. I don't oh, yeah. know. Okay. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> just. Yeah, it's a weird like. I think that's a big. I was at a dinner the other night and it was, we're all in the same age group. We're all, you know, middle age and stuff. And we were talking about like, yeah, but comedy then was like different. It was much funnier than what kids are into now or whatever. And I was like, no, that's not true. It was funny to us because we were a certain age yeah. and that's when it spoke to us and that's what resonated and that's what imprinted in our brain and stuff. And then we started to kind of go through and talk about like, yeah, this is how women were treated. This is how men, you know, we were kind of yeah. breaking it all apart. And we're like, whoa, it's really crazy. And so it's, I've, I've heard people say like, well, you know, it's hard for comedy to sort of find its, it's hard for it to sort of come at it at a hard angle. You know yeah. what I mean? There have been a few times in this season on Veep where I was like, that's a, that's a, that's a 
great joke and it's a rough joke, yeah. you know, but it's built within a system of like, you know, these characters, you know, that they are toxic and mm-hmm. the world they live in is toxic. And yeah. if you're not on board for that construct, this whole show, this is not going to work. Yeah, for it's you just not for you. An audience may have engendered some sympathy or empathy for them and hopefully we are putting enough empathy into the characters that you can see them as human beings right. they are actually like lived in human beings because that's what our job is yeah. but the show has never put them up there to be and don't ever mistake how you might feel some empathy or mm-hmm. some sympathy for them as that the show is saying these are good people to be emulated that yeah. has never been the case no. and because you've seen them for 6 seasons doesn't ne- like because you're more familiar with them doesn't make it any less true that they are not to be emulated well my i mean Matt Walsh's character is the only one who is has a shred of sort of like you know, empathy and kind of sincerity, and and yeah. he's you know battered as a result. Battered of it, as know? a result of it. But it, the thing and that I think that that is fun about doing that show, like my guy's just an asshole, and I have thought about why he's an asshole. You know, it's not said ever. Yeah. Um, and the same thing with like like Jonah is just a child. It's just a child. But you want to see him be a child and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you also sort of know that he's. He's pushed forward by this enabling, and we said no, no Trump, but it is true. It's like Trump is that. Trump is the product of the enablers that sort of like push him forward. You that know, allow that, that allowed yeah. him to behave like that his entire life without and so consequence. That, that whole show is just like it's just it's just enabling and yeah. and and, and, and per- pursuit, en- enabling in pursuit, and then as soon as someone that you have enabled in that pursuit mm-hmm. acts in a way you don't want them to or is all of yeah. a sudden not useful to the pursuit, they are cast aside immediately. Yeah. It's a tough time for satire. It definitely is. Not this sort or of like, you know, I mean, satire should, it should be hard for satire. I think right say. now we can definitely say, looking at all of the news stories that have been going on and the ups and downs of the administration that we did say we weren't going to talk about, mm. um, and I'm ho- that uh, <laughs> I think we can say, without a doubt, the satirists are really having the toughest time right now. Of all the people in <laughs> the country, the people are we can definitely say, "Yep, yep." They're the ones who are like the who really need to. I guess. Well, we need a hashtag to be generated. For yes, them. absolutely. Yeah, I will. It is pretty like right around. Like, what about the satirists? People that don't know about comedy, like right when he got elected, they they did that thing, and it's like the old Patton Oswalt bit about George about George W. Bush, like mm-hmm. when he was an elected president. Like he, Patton Oswalt has that great bit, and it came back with Trump. This idea, like, oh man, you guys are gonna love this, and it's like, no, mm-hmm. this sucks. Yeah, this sucks. Yeah. I don't want this. Whatever fucking good joke we get out of it or yeah. anybody gets out of this isn't worth it. Yeah. We're talking about yeah, them. We're talking we about them. God damn it. it. But I think we solved everything. I think we solved everything. Mentioning Congratulations that. to everyone listening to the podcast so for our, about these two middle-aged white men who solved, <laughs> solved everything. everything. Yeah, that's, I'm very aware of my uh, middle-aged white maleness. Mm, not me. No. No. I never noticed I was one yeah. until... Recently, I just figured I just keep keep living. Yeah, but I look more. I'm like a bald, middle aged white man with a beard. Oh, I'm David Cross. What am I talking about? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, are are you not David Cross? I know you've seen our show. I know you've watched it thirty times. I always assume. I'm gonna pull pull off this prosthetic. Oh God, it's so hot. Oh God. (laughs) Woo. 
Mm. That was the only reason I agreed to do this. I thought <laughs> I was going to get to meet and hang out with David Cross. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were... Uh, some famous basketball player. Or did you think I was Zach Woods? Yeah, I was Zach Woods. <laughs> we should have done this entire podcast as, as David Cross, David Cross talking Zach Woods. Zach Woods. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Zach the other day and he did say that like that day somebody had stopped him thinking, this happens to us oh. a lot. Oh, seriously? That's so funny. That he is mistaken for me and I'm mistaken for him. It happens all the time. That's crazy. Well... All right, well, we solved dedicated. it. <laughs> we definitely solved yeah, it. Yeah, now we definitely solved it. We definitely. Um, so, we, again, like either uh, Casper or Serta, or yeah. her purple is good. How was that podcast you listened to earlier? Well, it was mostly Tim and Brian talking about peeing on women and then asked, and then just <laughs> and then, made, and then just chilling for free crap. And then just listing brands? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so weird, iPhone. <laughs> so weird. Not the big one though, just a normal size one. Uh, I have uh, I have larger hands, so I'll take the big one. Yeah, you need the big one. Uh, All right, what's the brand sponsorship of the actual podcast that we're doing? What's the name of this podcast? Oh yeah, it's Talkhouse. Talkhouse. So, yeah. All right, cool. Talkhouse. Talkhouse. Uh, yeah. So send us a house, and we'll send us a house. We'll live we'll in do it. More of these. We'll chat more. That's all we need. <laughs> Talkhouse houses are now available at all good retailers. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Timothy Simons and Brian Husky, for living in the house of comedy that is the Talkhouse podcast. We will certainly be tuning in to that final season of Veep on March 31st. Yeah, we can just linger, bask in its awesomeness for another 10 weeks or so. Nick, I would say if listeners enjoyed this episode, there are a few others in our catalog they might dig. Right, there was a bunch that came to mind. They talk at the end just about solving everything. Some other people who said exactly the same thing. <laughs> Jason Jones and Asif Mandy. Basically, I'm pointing the finger at you there, Jason Jones. Another very funny episode. We get to hear uh, Brian's old roommate, Rob Cordry, talk with Lake Bell. And another Veep alum, Paul Shear, had a very entertaining chat with Ken Marino. Listeners, if you did enjoy today's conversation, we have some great pictures that we'll be socialing at TalkHouse on Instagram and Twitter. Today's episode is recorded by Gideon Brower in Los Angeles and Mark Yoshizumi in Brooklyn at Hook and Fade Studios. The TalkHouse podcast theme song was composed and performed by The Range. Nick, before we sign off, I want to give a quick plug to a podcast that I've been enjoying, not a paid promotion as the guys were looking for. <laughs> You're hoping they're going to send you a copy of this podcast, aren't you, Elliot? You are <laughs> angling for that shit. Well, as you know, TalkHouse Podcast is now available on Spotify, all of our new episodes and some selected favorites from the past. Spotify started making their own podcast, and I've really been enjoying Stay Free, The Story of the Clash, hosted by TalkHouse Podcast alumni Chuck D of Public Enemy. I'll definitely be checking that out. Listeners, thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.